This is what I remember of the show. They it was was it like a medieval time in that show? Yeah. Yes. Some weird kind of it was like you know fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then wouldn't they eat gummy? Weren't they all bears? And then they, they would were all bears. Eat gummy bears? Was that oh, the I don't thing? remember them eating gummy bears. I thought they ate gummy bears and then bounced around. Is that am I making that up? I'm I probably don't making. That. <laughs> There well, was what was like the song a, you just sang? That was the theme song. What? what but what With did you say? Adventures that they what? they are gummy bears. Did they? Did you say something about bouncing or no? Bouncing here and there and oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. <laughs> I felt bounce. like they ate gummy bears and then they were able to bounce. Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello, everyone. We are on episode 34. Yes. And th- this is more, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do housekeeping this week. Kind of. This is actually kind of more of a PSA. Which is just if you like the show, subscribe on your podcast app, whatever that may be, Google Podcasts, Apple, or the myriad other podcast apps that are out there. Because then, then you don't have to, you don't have to worry about missing an episode. Like it benefits you, right? Couple goals. Looking out for your best interest. <laughs> right. This is totally selfless on my part. So I, I think we should probably talk. Maybe just maybe just briefly, briefly touch on this whole Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh thing. I don't want to get like deep. Getting right into it. Getting you're just like. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel like a couple goals. it's got to be on people's minds, you know. But I just, I just want to say this. I have, I have a billion thoughts about this. But I just, I just want to say this, babe. What, what it really all comes down to is Doctor Ford is totally believable, incredible. If you are listening from outside of the United States. Oh, people watch the United States because everybody loves to like if nothing else, they just want to know what bullshit Trump is doing. It's it's like a reality show for the whole world at this point, watching what is going on in U.S. politics because it's so fucking ridiculous. But yeah, to our Irish listener, <laughs> if you're not paying attention, we have a Canadian listener. OK, we have I guarantee our Canadian listeners are aware. Swedish, right? Is that the one? We do have some downloads there. I don't know how long ago, yeah, but but yeah. But okay, to our anyway. Irish listener, yeah, uh, Australia. Bring up a so a U.S. news app and uh, check that out. Check out, check out Kavanaugh and then Brett and then Kavanaugh. But anyway, but really, all this boils down to is this woman is telling the truth. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Doctor Ford has nothing. To gain nothing. This doesn't benefit her life in any way, shape or form. Everybody knows she's telling the truth. And it just comes down to the fact that the Republicans in power don't fucking give a shit. They just don't care. They don't care. He's a rapist. They just don't care that they're putting a rapist on the Supreme Court. They know what he is. They saw his performance, his absurd performance parodied so well by Matt Damon on Saturday Night Live. It's obvious (laughs) <laughs> and you were saying earlier about, you know, this was essentially a job interview. It's a job interview that the dude showed up for. It was like, I like beer. I like beer so much. Beer, so much. beer, football, working out. Put me on the Supreme Court. The other thing I want to add is if if a woman and I am no SJW, I've proven that, I think, on this show. However, uh, the fact is, if that was a woman up there pretending to cry, trying to cry and, and then, then screaming, screaming. Going back and pounding on the desk she or whatever. She would be called hysterical. Right. She would be unfit. unfit. to serve. Yeah. So th- that's that's some bullshit. And then it's ah, it's it's all bad. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, but that, it just comes. They, they don't give a shit. So anyway, let's move on to maybe other things. Because I think our listeners know that it's just a shit show. And it's all bullshit. It's it, nonsense. They, they, know, they know what happened. It's nonsense. And they don't care. The people who support Trump and this, like, they're like, yeah, we want that guy on the Supreme Court. Why the fuck would you want such an impartial, or I'm sorry, (laughs) impartial, impartial, opposite, such a partisan towing a line. Like he showed, that's the other thing he showed is how much he espouses Republican values. Like he's, 
he's so far in the right. It's like that that's not fair and balanced. You know what I mean? Right. <sighs> it's uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And uh, it, it's all bad. So anyway, I have a new story. Let's hear it's it. It's a new story that you already know because we've discussed it. Okay. It's share share with the rest of the class. That we've actually discussed. So it's our new story. Because. Because we celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary yesterday. Couple goals. Couple goals. <laughs> the headline is millennials are causing the U.S. divorce rate to plummet. Yeah. Americans under the age of 45 have found a novel way to rebel against their elders. Yeah, I, I am under married. 45, but I am not a millennial. So. Yeah. They're using the term millennial a right. little loosely. Yeah. They're staying married. So new data show younger couples are approaching relationships very differently from baby boomers. Who, if you saw the clip I threw up on YouTube, it's actually from a Patreon episode, a full-length Patreon episode that we did on video. It's a... Uh, it turns out I've turned my children against baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, you, you really hate baby boomers. So, baby boomers who married young, divorced, remarried, and so on. Gen X and especially millennials are pickier about who they marry, tying to not older, which we did not do ourselves. No. But anyway, the point is... The divorce rate's dropping. And the they divorce rate is 18%. going... 18%. And it's going up, though, for baby boomers. Like, it's going up for baby boomers. These yeah. people are divorcing older. Like crazy. It's dropped 18%. In your face, baby boomers. <laughs> we smarter. <laughs> we smirk. But I do yeah. think people from that era... I, I feel like that maybe there was more social pressure to get married. So yeah. maybe they married people that they, they, they had no really business. Like. Yeah, marrying. They should not have married. Well, and there was a lot of social pressure to be straight. Yeah. So a lot of non-straight folks were getting married to, you know. Yeah. To pretend like they were straight. That's not a huge impact on the. I mean, I, I think only like 5% of the population identifies as, as gay. I happen to know... Oh, I know, too. I know. You know the couple I'm talking about. Yeah. Who they divorced and he I was know two lying. different couples that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two different couples that's happened to. That it's like they divorced and they're like, nope. Well, it turns out I was gay, but I, I wanted to give this straight marriage thing a try. That's a weird thing to do. Because I was never like, let me try gay marriage first. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me right. try that. And then we'll see. Uh, then I'll settle on the straight thing. Oh, well, yeah. That's not... That's not normally <laughs> because that's not really where society. Yeah, there, there's at. no societal pressure to try the gay marriage thing first. Right. At least not on our side of town. In other news, Kathleen Kennedy, head of Lucas Films, has been signed on to stay. What is she? CEO? I don't know. Producer? Owner? I don't know what she is. I don't know what her title is. Chief executive, whoever, whatever her full title is. She's 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 the head honcho. Over at Lucasfilm. I think that's her title. Head honcho. Yeah. I think so. Call her Darth Kennedy. Anyway. <laughs> staring at me. <laughs> I got no, I got nothing for that. Mm -mm. So anyway, so she's been signed on for two more years for some fucking reason. Despite the last two Star Wars movies not making anywhere near enough. <laughs> as near Anywhere near what they projected them to make. So I, I don't know how they continue with that. So that's very disappointing. And the opposite of the rumor that I heard a few months ago that I reported Right, on, I remember that. Yeah, where she supposedly was going to get shit canned or, or leave in September. No, they, they extended it for two more years. So we have, I sent my friends a, a message that just said, you know, welcome back to the shit show. So we have a bunch more shitty Star Wars movies on deck, most likely. My hope is they're just doing it. I thought they like... Put the kibosh on like the Lando movie. And they did. They, they've here. Here's how they spin everything. This is what pisses me off. They never want to take responsibility for making a bad movie. Instead, I like Solo. I'm not talking about Solo. I'm talking oh. about Jedi. Last Jedi, I think kept people. I think a few things kept people away from Solo. And I've said it before. One of them is how terrible Jedi was. Last Jedi was. Mm -hmm. The other stuff was the the trailers and commercials were not compelling. And then 
seeing that guy as Han Solo in the trailers and commercials did not inspire any confidence in anyone because they're like, that's not fucking Han Solo. I'm not, you know what I mean? I think it was all those factors together played a part. But Last Jedi is a garbage movie. Force Awakens is a garbage movie. The only good movies they've had are Rogue One and Solo. Uh, but yeah, they're blaming it on um, the fact that they're putting out too many movies, which is absurd when you think about Marvel. Marvel put out Black Panther in February, which is the highest grossing movie in America this year. They put out Avengers in uh, April, very late April. And then they had Ant-Man in July. All those movies performed at or above expectations for them. Three movies in like a five-month span. They're doing fine. They think putting out a movie every year is too much. Yeah, it, it just but doesn't make it sense. But isn't the same company? It's Aren't Disney, but yeah, Disney? but Lucasfilm is not Marvel. Lucasfilm is its own entity under Disney. You got Kevin Feige, who's in charge of Marvel movies. You have Kathleen Kennedy in charge of the Star Wars movies. And then Disney just owns them. You know, they're like their own company still owned but by Disney. Kathleen Kennedy has to report to somebody, right? Yeah, Bob Iger of Disney. Whatever happened to that? Eisner guy, what are, did he retire? Because he probably I haven't heard was, Michael Eisner. Yeah, he, he was he, always at the beginning of all the Disney movies. Right, I remember on, that's what I remember tape. him from. But yeah, she, uh, so they're they're gonna they're just gonna keep fucking up Star Wars. Apparently, is the is the big plan. They're gonna make less movies. Less. That's the big plan. Yeah, that's the big, big plan. plan. <laughs> they all sat down with with Walt Disney and they were like, <laughs> just keep fucking it up. And he yeah. was, they were like, okay, yeah. Okay. Basically, yeah, just, Got it. Just, just keep on making garbage. And yeah, it's it, here's the thing with Kathleen Kennedy. She's think, produced George, a ton of great what do you think movies. George Lucas thinks. Part of here's I have a theory about that too. This is more like conspiracy theory. I think George Lucas gave it. I believe Kathleen Kennedy is a mo most producers are about money, right? Yeah. They're, they don't. I don't think they. Ne a lot of them necessarily care about the project so much they care about what kind of revenue they're going to generate and i think yeah it's hollywood that's i think she's probably well she was good at that job until recently when the movies that she's blessed to movies she put out have not generated the revenue they wanted so she's not doing that well but she seems focused on the money and she doesn't seem to have any love for the property itself so right. i feel like george lucas because of the way the fans just shit on him for years because of the prequels he was like well, what do you think of this i'm gonna hand it to this motherfucker doesn't even like Star Wars. Now see what you get. So I think he's just sitting there smug. <laughs> he's just sitting there like, he's like I fucking, I, I told you, he, he, I think he just kind of did that to, to, so his prequels would look way better now because he knew they would just be shit movies. He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you think of General Grievous now, motherfucker? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, please, please bring back General Grievous. <laughs> I love General Grievous now. It's a fantastic character. Yeah, I you had love no him so idea. much. Can you get a tattoo? You no. get a General Grievous tattoo? <laughs> no, Is I'm not. good? I don't love him that much. I'm going to no. get a Star Wars tattoo eventually, but it's going to be more... I want to get, like, an, an Imperial symbol and a Rebel symbol. I'm telling you. That's... That's kind of what I cool. what I want to do. Like on your wrists, like where yeah, I have my maybe, maybe something like that. My tattoos, except maybe more centered, like on. I have a, I have another news story real quick that I'm not looking at right now. I just saw it. It's more of a blurb. But somebody somewhere in northeast or somewhere in, I think it was in northeast Ohio. It's in Ohio. This news story took place. Somebody reported a dead body. Ah. Uh, did you see that? Of course I did. I'm in oh, all okay. the. I'm in all the. Yeah, they reported the a dead body, parts. and the, the, they called the police and. Yeah. Police came and investigated. It turns out it was just a sex doll in yeah. the garbage. Yeah. It was not. It was and they a sex called doll it a, the uh, road, a recreational mannequin was yeah. the designation they had for a sex doll. And they had they had pictures of it and it, they were not blurred or anything. It was just a sex doll inside of the road. So they have like the big open. Oh, I've seen like the sex. We saw the dentist sex doll on the. Mm -hmm. So it's got like the open doll. mouth. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be recorded video this week. Dude, this week we <laughs> decided we decided not to film this week just because it is a hassle. And I'm I do have some big news on a personal front. I I'm officially a business owner. I have started. I've been working on on the side on my own projects as a sole sole proprietor, but I have officially started a corporation. I am my own business. And um, so, what do you what do you do in this business? I help other business owners i take on clients and i help them utilize the internet to find additional marketing opportunities 
So you do a lot of design stuff. I do too. a lot of design, digital design, and a lot of marketing. Yeah. So I help create your brand and then get it out there and find ways to market your brand. And this can be through social media. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. So the point is, I'm very busy with that. So I just don't have a ton of time. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie has an EIN number now. Like, yeah, like it's I'm like an employer. serious business. Like, I'm stepping it up. I'm a real. And Oops. I still I still have my full time job, but I'm her secretary. So I don't have as much time to do like the merch side of things. So that might be going away here in the near future. So if you want merch, now's the time because I might have to pull it for the next couple of months just because I don't have the time to invest in managing that side of the house. Um, but for right now, <clears throat> I uh, what was I saying, huh? What? I don't know. You, you, you started a business, which is awesome. Okay, so I started a business. So we decided not to film this week because of that, because yes. I don't have the time to edit last week's clips yet. So I'm running kind of behind on that. So we were like, oh, we won't film. But now, now that I'm not filming, we have sex style stuff. Sean's been making faces, <laughs> like all this great footage. And we're just sitting here without a camera on us. Whatever. It's whatever. It's fine. So, yeah, the sex doll story is all over my feed because I'm in all the true crime groups. Oh, OK. In the area. And it happened. It happened. I wonder in what the, the story is behind the sex doll in the garbage. Because those are expensive. It's not. It wasn't in the garbage. It's on the side of the road. Someone like, but it said it was like in a bag though. It was like half sticking out of like a garbage bag. Like someone threw it out of their car okay. to ditch it. Oh, I remember back in the Howard Stern days when the real doll came out. I remember the real doll. They were like thousands of dollars. I watched like maybe, a. Maybe they've come down. I watched since a documentary then. on that. But those things are not cheap. Yeah. So I, I wonder if. Like, right. I wonder some what the jealous backstory partner is. found it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody somebody was like, I've been telling him to get rid of it. And then he never got rid of it. Came home and he's fucking it or whatever. Yeah. And something I was just happened. like, no. So Sean is insist. Sean lied to me this week. <laughs> that is true. All right. I've been really focused on this new business. Yes. And I've been I've been really bringing on clients. It's been a it's been crazy. It's been very I've been very, very prosperous this week. It's been very great. And he's been like, don't forget about the podcast. I'm really bringing it this week. Things are I'm, just, I'm yeah, really going to bring it. That was a lie. That was a lie, apparently. <laughs> so I was like, I have a great topic. I did great research. I would yeah, do I, it. I was probably that. We were we were laying in bed and I was just like, like, hey. You know, I, I know you got a lot going on, but don't forget about the podcast because I'm fucking bringing it this week. And like she reacted and <laughs> she her eyes popped open. I had a sleep mask on yeah. and I pulled it off. Yeah. And she pulls out her phone and I'm just laughing. I wasn't expecting that reaction. It was just a motivating thing. I, I am not bringing it this week. <laughs> I have I have a decent topic. I think it's an enjoyable topic. I, don't I think know it'll it. be fun. Uh, but it worked. And then I, I told her this morning, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not I don't even know how I would bring in. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to come out with and have like Phil Anselmo as a guest <laughs> or something, maybe. I mean, that would be bringing it for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know how I would do that exactly. So who wants to go first? I don't know your topic. I do. I don't know your topic either. Do you want to go first or last? So you, you I have decide. an unsolved mystery. Okay. I don't know what, what that do means. What do you have? I have a topic. It's fun. I'm going to talk about Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. Let's do that now. You want to oh. do that first? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Saturday morning cartoons. I, I remember them from the 80s and the 90s. Right? You remember? Yeah. Waking I... up and, and watching the Saturday morning cartoons now. As an adult, I had a question, which was, why did they exist? Do you know why? Why? You know what I mean? Why did every station agree to play children's cartoons for, you know, a block of three to five hours every Saturday morning? So parents could have sex? <laughs> no. And interrupted on Saturday mornings? It all comes down to the FCC. The FCC. Oh, the fucking government. Now, they'd been running. Now, from the research I've done, they'd been running children's programming on Saturday morning. The, the main reason... Is because I, I that was just like a low ratings time and it seemed to attract younger viewers. Adults weren't watching TV on Saturday mornings, apparently. However, 
the FCC in 1970, they came up with the Action for Children's Television. Actually, I'm sorry. Action for Children's Television was a, was a nonprofit organization that made the FCC uh, improve the state of children's programming. So they wanted to increase the educational value of TV shows. And the FCC then mandated that broadcast networks provide at least 14 hours of child appropriate television per week. So, so they use Saturday mornings. To get Saturday morning was to get a lot of it in there, and then you know they you had after school and early some early morning stuff sometimes. Yeah. So I just found that interesting, because again, as a kid, you didn't think about it. It was just like, oh, fucking Saturday morning, breakfast yeah. cereal, cartoons, let's do this. So anyway, the the uh, the ACT Action for Children's Television, they also demanded the removal of all commercials. So. Advertisers and broadcasters were not on board with this. Right. Why would you be? So in 1974, the FCC conducted an inquiry into children's programming and advertising and published the Children's Television's Report and Policy Statement, the 1974 policy statement, issuing their own set of standards. So one of these was that television programming must be clearly separated from commercials because children cannot distinguish conceptually between programming and advertising. That's a quote from the policy statement. So this is actually why, and I don't know if you remember this, but during Saturday morning cartoons, before commercials, they would always say, Garfield and Friends will be back after these important messages or brief messages or whatever. I do remember that. Those little bumpers. Yeah. That's all they did. They didn't get rid of commercials. They, they would just, just identify that it was going to be a commercial. Yes, that's why that existed. And huh. you typically didn't see that during weekday cartoons, unless they sometimes, you know, Saturday morning cartoons became week, weekday cartoons and, and syndication and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that's why you would see that. It was to benefit these kids who, who just had no idea what a commercial was, which I find really hard to play. They didn't give kids any credit back then. <laughs> like I knew full fucking well what a TV show was and what a commercial was. Didn't matter if it was animated or not. They thought so little of children. Right. So they didn't. There was no consensus among the the the, uh, the networks as to what a clear separation technique was. So that's how they came up with the commercial break thing. With the, after the these, bumpers. we'll be back after these messages. So now, I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to talk about the Saturday morning cartoon because there's a lot. I, I started doing research. I, I wanted to bring up cartoons that I remember. But I also wanted I, I did research to bring uh, to look for cartoons that I didn't remember. And it, it's kind of crazy because I'm, I'm going to bring some stuff to your attention. And I, I'm just curious which ones you've heard of, what thoughts you have. I'm not going to remember much until you jog my memory. OK, so the first one, and this this is one I remember now. Also, not to always rehash this, but, you know, TV got taken away. I, I had two things working against me before the TV was taken away. We went to church on Saturday, so that fucking put the kibosh oh, on most suck. of the Saturday morning cartoons. So I would do everything in my power to not go to church so I could watch Saturday morning cartoons. And then eventually the TV got taken away, so it was just like, oh. So then I would try to stay home and then pull the TV out of the attic and watch Saturday morning cartoons. So I got to see some of these intermittently and never on the regular or anything like that. So this is what I remember. It was called uh, The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Mm-hmm. You remember that one? I could I could sing you the Gummy Bears theme song, but I Do we don't have the right. We don't have the rights. Oh man! <laughs> you think they're gonna get on us for that? Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. With this. adventures that's beyond compare, we are the Gummy Bears. <laughs> here's and this is the other I thing I wanted to the do. Gummy bears. I didn't actually research the shows. So oh I'm just going to give you a synopsis of what I think the show was because I don't really remember. This is what I remember of the show. They it was was it like a medieval time in that show? Yeah, yes. Some weird kind of it was like you know fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then wouldn't they eat gummy? Weren't they all bears? And then they, they were all bears. Eat gummy bears? Was that oh, the thing? I don't thing? remember them eating gummy bears. I thought they ate gummy bears and then bounced around. Is that am I making that up? I, I probably make it. <laughs> There what was, was like the song a, you just sang? That was the theme song. What? What? But what With did you adventures say? that they what? they are gummy bears. Did they? Did you say something about bouncing or no? Bouncing here and there and oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. <laughs> I felt bounce. like they ate gummy bears and then they were able to bounce. Listeners, feel free to correct me. I am not doing research on this. I think it's I funnier just the, to remember it that way. I liked the 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 main girl gummy bear. She was blonde. Okay. I liked her. Okay, so you you were a fan of that show. I liked, yeah. 
Here's another one I remember called The Littles. Did you ever no, watch The I don't Littles? I that is. They, that was a cartoon. And here's what I remember from it. There was like a family living in a house or they moved into a house and there were like these little mouse people living in, in the walls and the kids would interact with the little. They were like kind of ha- mouse, kind of human. They were. That's just what I remember again. So they look mostly like human. Like a little? Like no, that no, no, kind no, of no. but they were more like they were more humanoid, but they were like mouse size humanoid. But they would have like weird ears and maybe tails. I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> so the littles, that's one I remember. No, Here, here's one I guarantee you won't remember. This, this is for a for a, a friend of the show, Steve. He, he better remember this. There's a show called Shirt Tales. Do you remember the Shirt Tales? No. It was Now, uh, the, these next two shows, I'm pretty sure came after the success of the Care Bears. Oh, I watched the Care Bears. Yeah. So the Shirt Tales was a... And was pound a, puppies was a group of animals, anthropomorphic animals. And I remember there was I think he was a groundhog was the main one, but they would wear shirts and they had little tags on them. And you could buy the stuffed animals. And Steve had these the animals, popples. I remember popples. But shirt tails was like this, you know, there's a, a few different animals. But I just remember they had shirts with tags. And then you that was the you were supposed to go buy the stuffed animal. Diggers, that was the the name of the one character. He was like a mole or a groundhog. Stop pointing at me. I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hang on, I got I gotta I gotta show you uh Digger from the Shirt Tales. This is such a good week not to be filming. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh wow. It, it was oh it was created by Hallmark too. I did I did read that. It was it was it, this one and the next one were both created by Hallmark as like cards for their card line. And then they became cartoons, basically. Hmm. So there, there's Digger. Nope, no clue. But see, he's got a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That was that was their gimmick. They animals, shirts, tags on their shirts. <laughs> like that was that's, that's <laughs> what I remember from that show. I don't I don't know if that's entirely accurate or not. They were like, kids are dumb. <laughs> right. It's like, and yeah, I was like, I want I want a digger. <laughs> Like I, Steve had one. It was very, you know, Steve had all the good stuff. Oh my! Oh, here, here we go. Here's a picture of the of the the cast of characters from Shirt Tales. No, See, they were no... they're wearing shirts. Yeah, <laughs> they're all red shirts. I don't remember them all being red. All right, know. and then the next one, and I don't know if you'll remember this one, was called the Get Along Gang. I remember that song. Mm-mm. Get Along Gang, the Wait. gang that keeps you going. Did they have a? Were they on a? Did they have a train car? Maybe. I thought they had a tree. I'm, I'm going to look them up now. There Here's was, what I remember. I remember there was a moose. It was like the main guy. And again, Steve had the moose doll and it had like an M on his shirt. Um, there was some show that had. I, do, I know what you're talking about. I, I it had a it had a train car. That's the get along gang. I do remember those guys. But okay. this is not what I'm thinking of. But I do remember those guys. Yeah. Um, there was one show that had a train car and there was a lion. Okay. I, I know what you're talking about. I feel like that was on PBS. Yeah, I watched that. Okay. And then I also had a tape of that and it had a book that went along with it and it would read to you and you could follow along with the book. I know, dude, this sounds so familiar. Yeah, I don't know what that was called. This is not good podcasting. Oh, it is. It's great. Because no, somebody, somebody's memory somebody will be knows. jogged. Yeah, somebody will be like, oh, I fucking remember that. This is the most like being a ghost when you're on the other side of this podcast, when you're the listener and you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, you can't tell me. <laughs> and you're just yelling yeah. into your fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, you're listening this while you're driving and you're yelling at your windshield what the answer is. All right, so here's some other shows I remember this. Uh, do you remember Mighty Mouse? Yeah. So that I remember watching that. I'm sorry. Uh, that was like seemed like everybody. an older cartoon. That's like from the 60s, isn't it? Or 60s or 70s. How about this? Do you remember Pac-Man had a show? No. Yeah, Pac-Man had a show in the 80s. Mm-mm, I didn't watch that. All right. Do you remember Mr. T? Mr. T had a show. Had a cartoon. I do remember that. I loved Mr. T as a kid. Like I loved the A-Team and Mr. T. I believe you. And I was very upset when he killed Meredith Burgess in Rocky II. <laughs> because I thought they, I thought Meredith Burgess was dead. <laughs> he was also the penguin in the Batman 66 series. He was not dead. He went on to make grumpy old men. So it turns out Mr. T did Didn't not kill. kill. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Meredith Burgess is. So. Bur- Burgess Meredith. I'm sorry. I got his name transposed. My bad. I was like, 
Sounds no. like a lady. No, no, no. Sorry, I said his name backwards. Burgess Meredith. I think oh. that's right. All right, here's another. Well, Alvin and the Chipmunks was real big. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> are, you, are you angry that I would bring that up and even question if you yes. watched Alvin and the Chipmunks? <laughs> I feel insulted. <laughs> I feel like everyone should know I watched that. I watched that a lot. Like, that was my jam. I watched a lot of Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you do. You, you, play, gonna, you have like two Christmas songs, or at least one that's on our Christmas. Yeah. I can't stand their singing voices. I can't stand the I sped up record sound. a lot of Elvin and the Chipmunks. Okay, fair any, enough. Any other insulting ass questions for yes, me? Yes, actually. The Smurfs. Do you remember the Smurfs? Yeah, bitch, I had Smurf sheets. <laughs> I love the Smurfs. I would stay up at night and like have little adventures in my head on my Smurf sheets because it was all Smurf town. So you would like I could like I'd pull my blanket over my head and pretend to, like, this yeah. is the best episode ever. I was just call it like <laughs> I wish we were filming this. Like she's getting you didn't she's tell gesticulating. me it was be like this. He lied to know. me. He lied to me about this, too, because I was like, is this another one of those where you're going to like half ass it? And then I have to do the rest of the work with the whole conversation. I asked you. I'm not half assed it at all. I'm, br- all I'm bringing like, it, sister. I done brought it. It's been brought. I bring it. <laughs> And then we go to my half where I'm all like, let me tell you an unsolved mystery. And then you just stare at me in horror and all my stuff. <laughs> all right, go on. Well, it's not like I yeah. could draw on a memory the for Smurfs. Yeah, the Smur- Smurfs. Well, here, the reason I bring up everybody remembers the Smurfs. I of a certain everybody of a certain age remembers the Smurfs. And because of that, don't you feel like I guess they did do a couple movies a few years ago. But yeah, those didn't. Katy Perry was in it. Uh, yeah, she I never saw them. I thought like Doogie Howser was in one of them or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Do but I, I just kind of thought that was something that was going to be around forever. You know what I mean? Like My they were first so... movie. We've talked about this. My first movie ever was Smurfs and the Magic Flute. Oh, the Magic Flute. Yes. Yeah. I forgot that they had a movie yeah. back then. Like an I animated movie the in theaters. I've never seen Smurfs. Gargamel and Azriel. Fuck off. Smurfs. That, which also brings me to another... Saturday morning cartoon, which I called the Smurfs Underwater. They were called the Snorks. Do you remember the Snorks? I do remember, but I didn't watch it, but I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Like so that was that was another one. I do remember that. Now, now we're getting into like a little bit of weirder shit. So in the late 80s was kind of like the advent of laser tag. Do you remember okay. that? That was like a that was like a pretty big fad. There was something actually called laser tag. Like that was the name brand made by Worlds of Wonder toys. Same people made like Teddy Ruxpin and stuff. Don't ask me why I remember that. But anyway. I don't know why this matters. <laughs> because they did a cartoon. Oh, no. They did cartoons for everything. Like, you know, just like with He-Man and everything was... Uh, cartoons basically were commercials back then for the right. most part, you know? I didn't watch a laser tag cartoon, if that's what you're Yeah, asking. that was short-lived. It was not good. Another one along those lines was uh, Captain N, the Game Master, which was... Mm-mm. He nope. was... Uh, it was a Nintendo cartoon where this teenage boy, and he had like a varsity jacket with a big N on it. And he had a light zapper. You remember the zapper from Yeah, but the I didn't NES. watch this. And he would he would pal around with like Mega Man and Kid Icarus and they'd go on adventures and fight Mother Brain from Metroid. That sounds awesome, but I've never seen it. Yeah. So Captain N and the, the Game Master. How about this? Do you remember the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley? No. Do you remember do you know who Ed Grimley is? No. Holy shit. What? It's a Martin Short character from Saturday Night Live. And they did a cartoon version. Mm-mm. I think he did the... I don't know if Martin Short did the voice. Anyway, he, he was kind of like a Pee Wee Herman type character is how I would describe him. He was a weirdo. He wore black pants that he pulled up way too oh, high. Like gr- yeah, yeah, he yeah. He had yeah, a big yeah, spike yeah, of black yeah, yeah. hair on the front. That yeah, that's Ed Grimley. Yeah, I know who that is. They did a cartoon. Is. It was called Completely no. Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley. Another probably short-lived one. Now no, we go into more obvious fare, like Garfield and Friends. That was big. I watched Heathcliff. I watched Garfield. Heathcliff, Yes. I preferred, I mean, I I preferred Heathcliff, but I love It was loved, a better cartoon. Yeah, but I love Garfield's yeah. Halloween specials. You my do. My favorite. It is. And then uh, the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Which was still, we have still it holds in up. Our, we have it. We have it on Voodoo, but we have it in our bedroom. Yeah, it's on Netflix, the whole series, I believe. We watched but that, it. That's a okay. solid cartoon, I'd say, for of all the. Yeah. Because a lot of this is just garbage. You know, you go back and watch, you're like, how the fuck did I ever enjoy this? But Ghostbusters was pretty solid. Speaking of 
Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Not a cartoon, oh, yeah. but Saturday morning programming. Watched it every Saturday. And then Muppet Babies. Yes. Which was great, which you can't seem to get on any streaming. Anywhere ever. Yeah. That, that Muppet was... They're going to come after me. And then uh, <laughs> they're coming right for you. <laughs> They're, they're like, we heard about your business. We're coming for it. Now, some of these that I'm going to mention now are more like late 80s, even early 90s. Uh, Bobby's World. Remember that? The uh, what's that guy's name? I just forgot his fucking name. The guy, he, he's uh, he's germaphobic. Howie Mandel. It was a Howie Mandel. Oh, he did the voice of the little kid. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Bobby's World. Kid in Play had a cartoon. No, I don't know what you're talking MC about. MC Hammer had a, had a cartoon named Hammer Man. Nope. Yeah. John Candy had a cartoon named Camp Candy, and he actually voiced like a camp counselor and helped kids in some capacity. And then these are my two favorites, and I was far too old to be watching Saturday morning cartoons at the time, but these were great. We watched them. What's that? You watched them? Yeah, because I this was by the time these came out, we had TV in it. We had a color TV. I had my own TV at one at, by the time. Uh, one of them is X-Men. It was a fantastic Saturday morning cartoon. Fucking great. And the other one was The Tick, which is uh, I've shown you a few episodes of that. That's that's probably one of the best Saturday morning cartoons. So, yeah, that, that's just that's just some of the stuff. There's obviously so much other stuff. I guess a lot of shows like were things like Inspector Gadget. Were those like Saturday morning cartoons? Or were I remember that cartoons? being weekday. I don't know if premiere. I know some stuff premiered as Saturday morning cartoons like Thundercats I and Voltron, and I guess some of it. But I always thought of those as after school. Like yeah. I thought of like Dennis the Menace as like after school. Right. I don't know if that was if, if it was ever Saturday morning. I don't or not. remember. But some of the stuff Saturday was morning. like I remember when Batman the Animated Series premiered. The first episode was on like a Saturday morning, but it like real quickly went to after school week weekdays. Yeah. So you could you could throw Batman in there, I guess. I, I don't know if it. My memory is very hazy on that, but I, I remember it premiering. I remember the episode and everything because I was so excited. And then uh, it, it became like an after school thing, which was great. So that brings me to my final thing, which is what the fuck happened to Saturday morning cartoons? Kids don't watch TV. Why did they go away? Well, that's not true. They have entire channels now that just play that shit all the time, all day. That. A lot of the, a lot of what you're saying is what contributed. But again, it kind of goes back to the government and the FCC. They changed some regulations. Oh, <laughs> so and this is from a website called grunge.com. In 1990, Congress passed the Children's Television Act among its guidelines that broadcasters had to follow a minimum of three weekly hours of programs that had educational or informational merit. When asked nicely to do that, broadcasters, not surprisingly, didn't change much of its children's programming at all. So in 19, 1996, the FCC decided to more aggressively enforce the Children's Television Act. As a result, networks had to quickly throw some uh, material in the air that was more educational. So they relied on syndicated television packages to make. As for when to put it on, more than a third of local stations initially selected Saturday mornings, and they weren't actually required to air network shows during that time. So that's when kids were most likely to be watching. However, this began this slow decline of the of cartoons into travel logs hosted by energetic young hosts and a whole bunch of shows about animals and how supposedly interesting they are. So animals are interesting. What does that mean? <laughs> but I just say that's what it went to, though. And the other thing, too, was the fact that sports could be considered children's programming, not necessarily educational. So a lot of like, I guess on the West Coast, sports was always co-opting Saturday morning cartoons because that could be considered children's programming because it's it wasn't adult, you know. So uh, but yeah, the uh, the other thing, though, too, was uh, there were entire channels of uh, networks realized they could make more money with news and sports. So 1988, uh, the president of NBC at the time noticed that morning cartoon ratings were slipping even for like the Smurfs and stuff like that. So he started looking at other options. The average Saturday morning cartoon cost $300,000 to produce. Um, so he and his team, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, the NBC president, did some number crunching and found it would be much cheaper to air news programs. <laughs> so so what they just extended today into the weekend. Four years later, 1992, that's exactly what they did. So there's a lot of different factors. But yeah, the kids interest was you know waning, going towards other things. You had cable. A lot more kids had cable at that point. 
They had, you know, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network. Right now there are just entire channels that play nothing. Like, I swear to God, every single time we go to somebody's house who has cable, because we don't have cable, we just have, like, all the streaming services. Yeah. And whenever we go to someone's house that has cable, I can always find SpongeBob 100% of the time on one of the channels. Every time. There's always a cartoon on to watch on some channel. Nickelodeon, you know, big factor, too. They, you know. Yeah. I didn't even go into the because I didn't I didn't have Nickelodeon, but there's there were Saturday morning cartoons on on Disney Channel and yeah. Nickelodeon and stuff too. Hey, Arnold and Doug and all that kind of stuff. Huh? Real Whoa. Monsters or whatever that I show watched, was called. I watched Doug. Yeah, I loved Doug. I loved um, going into the Nickelodeon side. I loved Rocco's Modern Life. I yeah. loved Doug. I I had I loved Ren and Rug- Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, like I, yes, yes, I love so some cable. Did, did I bring it? It was brought, I guess. <laughs> was it brought? Like I said, I, can I bring it? I don't even think I can. I don't know that I'm capable of bringing it. Was it was brought enough. <laughs> you brought enough of it that I will let it go. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to bring it, but I, I'm going to bring enough. Bring it, sister. Bitch. Don't <laughs> tell me what to do. All right. So this week, continuing in my theme of unsolved mysteries, we are going to talk about Amelia Earhart. Oh, I know. I know her. Good. (laughs) Heard of her. So we're going to talk about her life, kind of like we did with Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And then we'll talk ultimately about her disappearance. She was, as we all know, an American aviator who set many flying records and she championed the advancement of women in aviation. She wasn't going to be my topic originally. Yeah. But after seeing how women got a beating in uh, the Kavanaugh situation. Yeah. I decided to do a woman. <laughs> woman unsolved go. mystery this week. She became. <laughs> Which she, I'm sorry. I just think of that 30 Rock episode. Which one? Because we talk in 30 Rock references where where the the where they accuse Liz Lemon of hating women and then they show clips of of TGS and they show Amelia, <laughs> Amelia Earhart. Earhart and she's like <laughs> my period yeah. <laughs> uh, she became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean and the first person to ever fly solo the first person in general to ever fly solo from Hawaii to the US mainland she was born on July 24th, 1897, and she disappeared on July 2nd, 1937, just before her 40th birthday. Hmm. So let's go back a little bit. Talk about her early life. All right. So she was the daughter of, we'll call him Edwin. He went by, everyone went by nicknames back then. Like his, Ed? Well, no, his name was Samuel. Oh. <laughs> Okay. So he went by his name was Samuel Stanton Earhart. Okay. And he went by Edwin. Of course, that's logical. Yeah. And her mother was Amelia Earhart. But she went by Amy. Okay. Makes, and, a, little, makes a lot more sense. Right. She was born in Kansas at the home of her maternal grandfather and her upbringing was pretty unconventional because unconventional Amy Earhart didn't believe in molding children into nice little girls. So her mom was like very progressive, like first wave feminism. Right. Was like pre 1900s. Like it was literally <laughs> 1800s. And she was like, nah, do what you want to do. Right. So her maternal grandmother was like, this is ridiculous. But of course, her her mother was let her kids wear bloomers instead of dresses. Yeah. So she, they were wearing like first wave pants. <laughs> they were like the bloomers that they wore under dresses. They right. were wearing those as as their bottoms. Nice. Yeah. So she uh, er, Amelia Earhart wore those and she really liked the the freedom they provided, even though no one else in the neighborhood wore them. Yeah. So her and her sister ran around in these bloomers yeah, instead that's, of that's a trendsetter right there for real. That's it's pretty progressive. It's pretty cool. She graduated from Chicago's Hyde Park High School in 1960. And she had a pretty troubled childhood, but she did continue um, to aspire to some type of career. She really thought she wanted to do something that women had never done. So she kept a scrapbook 
of successful women in predominantly male careers, including film direction and production, law, advertising, management, and mechanical engineering. She began at, at a junior college, but she was not able to graduate. She started flying in 1920. She attended this flight show in Long Beach, California, which is where her parents were living. And her father took her up in well, he took her to meet this guy named Frank Hawks, who later gained a whole bunch of frame as an air racer. And for 10 bucks, he took her up on into the air for a 10 minute flight. It was literally a dollar a minute nice. to go into an airplane. And she said, I knew I had to fly after that 10 minute flight. So she started working a variety of jobs, including F, being a photographer, being a f truck driver. <laughs> this chick was so badass. Uh, she was also a stenographer at the local telephone company. But she worked a variety of jobs and she was able to save $1,000 to pay for flying lessons. Holy shit. Yeah. She had her first lesson on January 3rd of 1921 in Long Beach. Her teacher was also a woman named Anita Snook, and she was a pioneer fi female aviator. She arrived with her father at, with one singular request, quote, I want to fly. Will you teach me? In order to reach the airfield, she had to take a bus and at the end of the line, she had to walk four miles. So what, was she the first like female pilot, period? No, oh, okay. Anita was one of the first. Oh, okay. heard the person who taught her. Oh, OK. But she was the first one to do a lot of things. Like She broke a lot of records. Yeah. She was the first one to do a lot of things. But when she went to go actually become a pilot, like when she started taking lessons, she was very aware of her appearance and she didn't want to stand out. She wanted to blend in. So she chose a leather jacket because but she was so aware that the other also, all the photos you see of her. She just looks like a pilot. You know what so I mean? Aware. She just dresses like what you think a pilot looked like back then. That's what she looked like. Uh-huh. She was trying to. Yeah. She just, she didn't want to stand out in any way. Right. She knew that the aviators would be judging her, so she slept in her jacket, her leather jacket that she bought. For, Jesus. For three nights to give it a worn look. <laughs> I thought you meant she like, slept in it every night. Like, the thing's got to stink. No, for three nights. And then she did chop off all her hair because that's what female flyers looked like. No. Because of those helmets that they wore. Yeah. And you didn't want hair sticking out. So six months later, she had saved enough to buy her first plane. It was secondhand. Wait, wait. It took her six months to buy a plane? Yeah. What the fuck? She'd been working. How much were planes back then? It doesn't say you how much. You can't get a plane in six months. <laughs> like, God damn. How much did stenographers she also, make? <laughs> she also had, um, she also did have an inheritance when her grandparents died. Oh, okay. Like, what and her the grandparents, hell? Like her dad, her grandpa was like a judge and he had also, um, was a president of a bank. So she had a bit of an inheritance when he died. Gotcha. So she cut her hair off. She buys this plane. She nicknames it the Canary. It took me six months to get a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Oh and this bitch out here buying a bug, the canary. <laughs> Jesus. So on October 22nd, 1922, she flew her plane, the canary, to an altitude of 14,000 feet, setting a world record for female pilots. I, I picture them like screaming at her the whole time. Like, get down here. <laughs> it's just like, no, I gotta like, push it. This broad up here, <laughs> right. then, like, you know, because it's the 20s. <laughs> Uh, on May 15th, 1923, she became the 16th woman in the United States to be issued a pilot's license by the, by the Federation Aeronautique Internationale. In her personal life, Earhart and publisher George Putnam, I went and looked at his his uh, published works and I've never I've never heard of any of them. Yeah. But they had spent a great deal of time together and he was known, known as GP. Um, and he sought her out. He proposed to her six times before she agreed to marry him. Like hmm. nowadays, it's like, that's a little bit like that's a little bit of a stalker. That's a little bit of a restraining order. <laughs> but well, it depends on the response he got. Like, it, yeah, it, hopefully he didn't get like a hard no. Hopefully it was more like, eh, not yet. Maybe. Right. I'll keep you around. 
So Earhart referred to her marriage as a partnership with dual control. And in a letter written to Putnam and hand delivered to him on the day of their wedding, she wrote, I want you to understand that I will not hold you to any medieval code of faithfulness to me, nor shall I consider myself bound to you similarly. Oh, she's trying to get her freak on. Earhart's ideas on marriage were liberal for the time, and she believed in equal responsibilities for both breadwinners and pointedly kept her own name rather than being referred to as Mrs. Putnam. When the New York Times, per the rules of its style book, insisted on referring to her as Mrs. Putnam, she laughed it off and referred to him as Mr. Earhart. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So now, now, now it gets serious. This is where, this is where shit started to go bad. World Flight 1937. So now, you know, she's fucking, she's fucking awesome, right? This chick is owning her 30s. She's, she's a great, right. she's a badass chick back when. There weren't too many badass chicks because chicks were being told not to be badasses. So in 1935, she joins Purdue University as a visiting faculty member to counsel women on careers and as a technical advisor to its Department of Aeronautics. Early in 1936, Earhart started planning around the world flight. Although others had flown around the world, her, you're thinking of Lindbergh, I'm sure. Charles oh, yeah. Lindbergh. That's who. Okay, so... Um, her flight would be the longest at 29,000 miles because it, it followed rough, rough, a roughly a, a equatorial route. So it goes around the equator. Equatorial. Equatorial route. With finan financing from Purdue in July 1936, a Lockheed Electra 10E was built at Lockheed, Lockheed Aircraft Company. So they're yeah. still super around, right? Um, to her specification. So she super duper modified this aircraft. Like it was completely custom built for her and it got a nickname of Flying Laboratory. She wanted all these like super duper custom extra fuel tanks, crazy stuff yeah. done to it. Um, she had a it was a twin engine monoplane and it was built in Burbank, California, and it was delivered to an airfield right across from the plant. On March 17th, 1937, Earhart and her crew flew to the first leg from Oakland, California to Honolulu, Hawaii. In addition to Earhart and Noonan, Harry Manning and Mance, who was acting as Earhart's technical advisor, were on board. Due to lubrication and galling problems with the propeller's hubs, the aircraft needed servicing in Hawaii. Ultimately, the plane ended up at the United States Navy's Luke Field on Fort Island in Pearl Harbor. The flight resumed three days later from Luke Field with Earhart Noonan, to the whole board, or the whole crew, I mean, on board. During the takeoff run, there was an uncontrolled ground loop and a forward landing, and the, the whole landing gear collapsed, and the propeller hit the ground and the plane skidded on its belly, and a whole bunch of it was damaged. Oof. Yeah. Some witnesses are saying that they were saying that the tire blew and Earhart thought that maybe the right tire blew or maybe the landing gear collapsed. But some sources, including her crew, cited pilot error. Hmm. So that's attempt one at the round the world flight. Yeah. So with the aircraft being so severely damaged, the flight was called off and the aircraft was shipped back to by by sea to Lockheed's Burbank facility for repairs. With the plane being re repaired, Earhart and Putnam secured additional funds to prepare for a second attempt. This time they decided to fly from west to east and the second attempt began with an unpublicized flight from Oakland to Miami, Florida. After arriving there, she publicly announced her plans to circumnavigate the globe. This flight's opposite direction was partly the, the result of changing global winds and weather patterns. So on the second of flight, it was just on the second flight, rather, it was going to just be her and Fred Noonan, just the two of them. And they departed Miami on June 1st. And after numerous stops in South America, Africa and India, 
They arrived in Le New Guinea on June 29th, 1937. At this stage, they were about 22,000 miles into the journey. Wow. They only had 7,000 remaining, and it would be over the Pacific. Yeah. On July 2nd, 1937, at midnight, the GMT, Earhart Noonan took off from Lay Airfield. Around 3 p.m. lay time, Earhart reported her altitude as 10,000 feet, but they would be reducing their altitude due to thick clouds. Around 5 p.m., she reported her altitude as 7,000 feet and her speed at 150 knots. Her last known position report was near the Nukumanu Islands, around 800 miles into the flight. Searches started one hour after her last report. Wow. Initial official search efforts, they lasted... Until July 19th, 1937, and they cost $4 million. Wow. It was the most expensive search up until that point in history. She was declared legally dead on January 5th, 1939. So we have a couple theories. The first is called the crash and sink. According to the crash and sink theory, her plane ran out of gas while she was searching for Holland Island and she crashed into the open ocean somewhere in the vicinity of the island. Several expeditions over the last 15 years to locate the plane's wreckage on the seafloor of the Holland Island have proven unsuccessful and they've used high tech sonar and deep sea robots and they've failed to yield they any clues. can't find anything? Nothing. Wow. All right. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two. It's called the Gardner Island Hypothesis. And these three theories are like universally accepted theories, no matter what websites you do, like NPR, PBS, like Smithsonian. So the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, this is like a real group that is like everywhere. Yeah. They postulate that Earhart and Noonan veered off course from Holland Island and landed instead some 350 miles to the southwest of Gardner on Gardner Island, now called Niku Nikumaru. Mm-hmm. hmm In the Republic of Kiribati. The island was uninhabited at the time. A week after Earhart's disappearance, Navy planes flew over the island and they noted recent signs of habitation, but found no evidence of a plane. This international group, they believe that Earhart and perhaps Noonan may have survived for days or even weeks on the island as castaways before dying there. Since 1988, they have had several expeditions of the island and they have turned up um, artifacts and, and... Anecdotal evidence in support of this hypothesis, including pieces of plexiglass that may have come from the plane and a woman's shoes dating back to the 1930s Hmm. and a woman's cosmetic jar from the 1930s and some bones that appear to be from a, a human finger. The third is Marshall Island Conspiracy. The third theory is that Earhart and Noonan's unable or perhaps not intending to find Howland's Island headed north to the Japanese controlled Marshall Island, where they were taken hostage by the Japanese as U.S. spies. Oh, yeah. Some believe that. that both pilots were eventually killed. Right. Because of the time it was. Yeah. Some believe both pilots were eventually killed, while others believe that Earhart and maybe Noonan returned to the U.S. under assumed names. According to one theory, Earhart took on the name Irene Craig Mile and married Guy Balam and became Irene Balam and died in New Jersey in 1982. Now, here's the thing. Might not be as unsolved as we think. No. In March of this year, real recent, a new scientific study claimed that bones found in 1940 on the Pacific Island of that Nicaragua place that yeah. I couldn't pronounce do indeed belong to Earhart despite the forensic analysis 
conducted in 1941 that linked those bones to a man. Hmm. The bones revisited in a study called Amelia Earhart and the Knuckle Bones <laughs> by the University of Tennessee Can professor. Can that be our title? Knuckle Bones. <laughs> yeah. um, by the University of Tennessee professor Richard L. Gentes. Jantz. 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 I added a lot of letters. I don't know what's going on. Um, they were discarded. Anyway, so the bones were covered by a British, British expedition exploring the island for settlement after a team came upon a human skull, according to the study. So that's like back in the 40s. Yeah. Before they kind of had any idea that you could. Extract valuable information from. From anything. Because it was remains. the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. So they did it again in late. 2017 and in 2018 Richard Jantz released his his study and his study is available like I have a link to it and he uh, is pretty positive that it's her oh wow um but there hasn't been an official ruling on it but he's so pretty sure would that mean that like what theory does that go with does that mean her plane ran out of gas the, or she it crashed? goes with the middle theory that's what I thought the so, second theory but what was that they landed on the wrong island? Like, yeah, what? that they landed on an uninhabited island and, and they were castaways for for weeks. Until they, they, finally died. they couldn't establish radio contact or the plane crashed yeah. or like, what's the deal? Like, where's the plane? They crashed. Um, yeah, the bones were uncovered and other there were other items that were recovered with that. With the bones, including Brandis Navy surveying sextant, sextant, the thing yeah and that was manufactured in 1918 and a bottle of benedictine and herbal decor it was suspicious at the time that the bones were the remains that he wrote in the study but yeah they they didn't they couldn't determine sex from a bones back in the 40s right like they didn't know how right and she was exceptionally tall for her time okay because she was five eight which actually isn't very tall right but it it was for the time. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed, but people seem to be getting taller. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably the growth hormones. And I don't know. I'm not going to go all conspiracy theorist on that. But she was 5'8", which was very tall for her time. Yeah. And they just assumed it was man's bones because she was a 5'8", so it couldn't have possibly been a lady. Right. And uh, they... They've redone some actual genetic testing on the bones. Crowley's kicking my mic stand. But they've redone genetic testing on the bones, and they're pretty positive huh. that it's Amelia Earhart's. I wonder what happened. But there hasn't been an official statement on it, so it's still considered an unsolved mystery. It's cool they're still looking into it, though. Huh? They're still looking into it all these years later. Like, she's been, she's considered dead, but, I mean, she's, she's been, I mean, she'd be dead anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's a uh, she was she's badass. I wish she hadn't gone missing so she we could have seen what she could have done. No, because she was a pretty unstoppable force. No, she got stopped pretty good. <laughs> Just, I call that a hard stop. <laughs> she would have been an unstoppable force had she not gotten stopped quite so hard. I would hard. say she was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Crowley is kicking my mic. Like, he's just like, Fuck I think he's your hot. Mike. Just take the blanket off of him. He's Fuck your mic stand. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that's uh that's fine. I didn't I didn't know that that they had recent like March. I always thought I, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of like Lindbergh or somebody else. I always thought the Bermuda Triangle came into play at some point. You, you remember hearing Lindbergh about that all the time? has nothing to do with the Bermuda. Yeah, You're I don't, thinking I don't of the Lindbergh baby? Who no, I, remember, I know the Lindbergh baby, but it's like, I thought there was always plane crashes and Bermuda Triangle. It, it, it also ties into my memories. I know John Mulaney made this joke, but because of Saturday morning cartoons, I always thought I would encounter quicksand. It always seemed like a very real threat, like right. it was a thing. And that, the other thing to. was the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know yeah. why I thought I would ever deal with that. I wish that was the thing. I was terrified of the Bermuda Triangle as a child. I, I didn't understand. I still don't understand it, but it's because it's not a thing. Right. But like it was it was always talked about on those cartoons and stuff. So it, I just assumed a lot of people died in the Bermuda Triangle on planes. See, here's <laughs> the thing. 
here's what it is. The sea is not is very dangerous. Yeah. The ocean is very dangerous. Yeah. Because if you crash an airplane or a boat. Oh, yeah. You're you're gone. You're yeah. just gone. No, I get that. You just washed away and gone forever. Right. But no, there's supposedly that area, though, where like people go missing. Well, there's like their radio, all, all their equipment starts malfunctioning, supposedly in the Bermuda Triangle. Like there's radio frequencies get all fucked up. And so that, that's this is what I remember. This is my okay, I'll recollection. I'll cover next week for you if you'd like. Oh, you should do what you want. I'm not going to do that. Okay. I don't know if there's a whole show's worth of stuff there anyway. There's a lot of things. There's not a, a whole show's worth of stuff that's all very weird. Like Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> right. I'll just gonna, I'm just going to show up and be like, let's just talk about the Bermuda Triangle. What do you remember? <laughs> it's fun, man. <laughs> no, it's good. I like it's it. Like, it's a personality-based like pod. I don't think people are coming to us for hard facts. I hope not. Right? Good God. You are at the wrong place. All right. Well, that's uh, everything. Cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs> that was abrupt. <laughs> That's fine. It works. <laughs> abrupt, uh, abrupt endings. Yeah. I have nothing else to say to you. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. That's put that's... up flyers <laughs> in your lunchroom. I don't know. <laughs> put flyers in your lunchroom. I'll uh, make a printable PDF flyer for you if you want and you can go ahead and print it off and hang just it up hang it up in your lunchroom lunchroom bathrooms all that good stuff don't don't put our flyers in bathrooms <laughs> it's weird that's fine all right bye guys bye <laughs>